The Bible says that God made his, crea- his creation subject to vanity or emptiness. Simply put, God said, I place a hole, a void, if you will, inside every man and woman that only my provision through my son Jesus Christ can fulfill. Each and every one of us at one time or another has sensed this deep longing, this deep loneliness that at times has been almost unbearable. It's like there's a piece missing that was supposed to be there that we've missed and we've tried it to fulfill it with so much, yet never is satisfied. This is why promiscuity is so rampant in the young people today is because the only concept of love that they understand is what the world teaches it's all about him or her. It's all about them or there. It's all about us and when. And so they have no moral insight to the structure of God. Are you with me today? Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. AZ.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. This is uh, this is just exciting because the mission field starts right here. The Bible says that Jesus told them to go into Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, Flagstaff is our Jerusalem, folks. Judea would be the cities around here if you went and took it in a literal perspective. You know, Winslow, Williams, Joseph City, uh, the reservation cities around us, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, it is... So amazing that God had orchestrated all of this before the foundation of the world. He orchestrated Jim Cody to come to a church that would believe in him and stand behind him. That would actually have coming into its midst a pastor on staff that would have dealt with the same spirits. We don't fully understand. I'm reading some of the Facebook posts and some of the different emails that I'm getting. And I've been to Africa some 40 plus times. But Pastor Philemon was born in Africa and raised in Africa. He has dealt with demons that we never even thought about dealing with. And the statements that I'm reading, that I'm getting emails and stuff, does this mountain realize the power of God that is preparing to be unleashed upon it? 
I tell you, I am excited. Come on, give him praise. I am excited about what God is preparing to do. I was praying after we ended our, our series. We did a short series on the rapture. And, and I was praying and saying, God, what direction would you have me to go? And God said, where else but to take them to heaven? So the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about heaven. Is that okay? Did anybody like to hear about heaven? About a glorious place. And what I want to do is I want to first talk about the fact this morning of why there is nothing you can do in your life that will ever satisfy you. The person you married will never satisfy you. The job you have, will oh, you will like it and you will love it and them and they will have this place in your life that nobody else would ever have. But the reality in the midst of it, they were not made to bring satisfaction. Things were not made to bring satisfaction. Every person on this earth has basically three issues that they have to deal with if they're ever going to have their guilt relieved and their hearts fulfilled. The name of this series is going to be eternity in our heart and heaven on our mind. And I want you to look at me as I get into this message because I pray today and over the next couple weeks that all of the questions that you have wondered about why it just doesn't measure up, why it just doesn't seem to fulfill, why no matter what I do, no matter what I get, no matter where I go, I always long for something more. I hope that in the next few weeks, you'll get those answers. You see, every person must deal with three basic issues if he or she are going to have peace. No matter how successful or unsuccessful, famous or infamous, beautiful, unattractive, handsome or plain, they might be, these traits are key to the hope or demise of every single man and woman's future. In our text, Hebrews 11 We'll talk about a man who was uprooted from everything he knew. Now think about Abraham, a very wealthy man in the city of Ur in the nation of Chaldees, the area called Chaldees. Very wealthy, very much to do. And God interrupts his life. How many have God interrupted your life before? Abraham, God interrupts his life, and his whole world is turned around. And the scripture says in the 10th verse, Abraham, and I want you to underline this in your notes, was confidently looking forward. Stop there and look at me. Our biggest problem is we're not looking forward. We have to realize here and now is not what we're here for. Then and there is why we're here and now. Abraham confidently looked forward to a city, and underline this please, who had eternal foundations designed and built by God. It goes on to say it was by faith that Abraham, in her old age, was able to have a child, though she was completely barren. And much too old. But listen to this. Underline these words. She 
believed. Would you say that with me? She believed that God was able to fulfill his promise. Second problem, we're not looking forward and we're not living in belief. Are you with me? You see, if God said it, I love that bumper sticker, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Take the middle part out. God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. The truth of it all is Abraham and Sarah believed that God would keep his promise. Now let me skip down a couple verses. Because it said all of these people who looked ahead, who believed, who knew God was going to keep his promise, all these people died still believing the promise God made. Now stop there. We think if the promise isn't fulfilled right here, right now in our lifetime, that God failed us. That somehow or another, I didn't measure up, I didn't fill it up, I didn't do it right, I didn't become what God wanted, I missed the mark somewhere. And all of those things can be true. But the real truth is, is we're not focused on forward. Our focus is on now. Can you say amen? Amen. And these people never focused on now. They focused on forever. Are you with me? Look what it says here. They did not receive what was promised. But they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. There's so much that if you'll just believe, you'll be able to see. People say, Pastor, if you'll just let me see, I'll believe. God said, more blessed are those who believe who have never seen. He said they saw it from afar off, and they welcomed it. And they agreed that they were only foreigners or sojourners or nomads or campers or transitionals on this earth. Now look at this. Obviously, people who say these things, who live this way, they're looking forward to a country that they call their own already. Look at me for a second. Have you really thought about heaven? That it really is yours? It really is mine? So much so. Now, I know we look at it in passing. Oh, it's going to be wonderful then and there. But you see, I'm living in heaven here and now. No, not the physical heaven. Because there's a place that God has prepared for me. Look at this. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could go back and live in it. but they looked for a better place, a heavenly homeland. And this is why God was not ashamed to be called their God and prepared a city for them. Guilt is a horrible, horrible thing. But most of the guilt we deal with is because we don't live in God's promise. 
Guilt is usually the product of dissatisfaction or abuse or something not attained or something seemingly lost. Number one, quickly to know, people have emptiness in their hearts that they try to fill, but they forget that nothing on this earth was meant to fill it. Look at the other part of our text, Ecclesiastes 3. God has planted eternity in the human heart. Look look at this picture. My my wife went out and found that she she puts the PowerPoints together right now. She found this wonderful picture of a heart and a piece missing. And you notice what's written on the piece? Eternity. You probably can't see it from back there, but it has the word eternity. See, that's the part that's missing. That's why that heart will never be fulfilled. That longing will never be satisfied. Why? Because God stamped it with eternity. The only time it will be is when you find heaven on earth, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Can you say amen? Solomon is writing about things under the sun. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. Tremendous. Short book, 12 little chapters, talking about the greatest things that a man could ever imagine. He's writing about these things under the sun. What they are is literally the mundane things of this earth as seen in light of the creator of heaven and earth. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon begins with vanity of vanities. The word vanity means unfulfilled emptiness. Vanity of vanities. And then he proceeds to demonstrate the truthfulness of the fact that this world is only empty. He says he gave his heart to search, to see all the works done under the sun, and to prove his heart with every earthly good. He said he made good, great works and withheld nothing that his eyes wanted. Stop right there. There are many people that base their entire lives on success. And everything they look for, that shiny new car, that great big house, that boat on the lake, all these different things, they don't hold back. They will go into debt up to their eyeballs to get all of this stuff, yet they're still not satisfied. Am I making any sense today? He said they withheld nothing his eyes wanted, yet he declared it was all emptiness, vanity, and displeasure of heart. So deeply did he drink of the world's pleasures that he said, what can the man do that gives more joy than worshiping the king? So I asked this morning, if Solomon, the richest man on this earth, feels that he failed, when you take and you compare the riches of Solomon, you can actually go out and do a Google thing on this, and they will compare to all what riches Solomon is attested to have and compare it to the richest man on earth today, and the richest man on earth today is not a comparison to God's child Solomon. If Solomon, who had everything and could have everything, was not satisfied... What chance do we have of satisfying our lives with the material things of this earth? earth? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about going out and succeeding. 
I'm not talking about going out and doing your very best, going out and putting your, your hand to the plow and not looking back and going out and accomplishing great things. Why? Because God created you to do good, good great things. But listen to me. We go back to the beginning of our text. He did not create you to do great things for you. He created you to do great things for him. Every single thing you and I have or ever hope to have is only because God's given it to us to give back to him. Are you with me? And this is our problem. We store up and we store up and we store up. And granted, we need to. We need to prepare for the future. The Bible says that's a wise man. But not to the disgrace of eternity. Tore as Anita said, her health became her God. There's many people that their bank account becomes their God. They only do what they do out of convenience, not out of commitment. Can you say amen? Why did Solomon fail so miserably after such an earnest, favorable, and exhaustive experiment? The answer very simply, God placed eternity in his heart. As we were made for and belong to eternity, nothing temporal will ever bring satisfaction. Proverbs 27, verse 20, it's not on the screen, but flip in there in your Bible. It says, hell and destruction are never full, nor the eyes of man ever satisfied. God did not make anything on this earth to fulfill us, to satisfy us. The Bible says that God made his, crea- his creation subject to vanity or emptiness. Simply put, God said, I placed a hole, a void, if you will, inside every man and woman that only my provision through my son, Jesus Christ, can fulfill. Each and every one of us at one time or another has sensed this deep longing, this deep loneliness that at times has been almost unbearable. It's like there's a piece missing that was supposed to be there that we've missed and we've tried it to fulfill it with so much, yet never is satisfied. This is why promiscuity is so rampant in the young people today. It's because the only concept of love that they understand is what the world teaches It's all about him or her. It's all about them or there. It's all about us and when. And so they have no moral insight to the structure of God. Are you with me today? They're reaching for this guy, and when this guy realizes, and I love you, little girls, but I want to talk to you real. Most guys are jerks. You women miss a great place to shout amen. Now, I said most. My, myself and Don back there excluded. Okay, maybe Jim, Cody, and, and Adam, and Nick here. Okay, maybe a whole lot of guys in this place, okay? But think about it. They're after what they can get. I was talking to a pastor friend recently, called me, said, I don't understand. I have this youth leader who's single. And he keeps trying to sleep with the girls in our youth group. 
And I said, have you fired him? Have you hung him up to dry? See, that's what he thinks. And, and he has done it in other churches until he got caught. And then they just throw him away, get rid of him. His concept was how much he loved them until he got them and then he left them. And the poor little girls, they think, well, I thought that was love. I mean, after all, it's a man of God. Folks, if it's a man of God not lining up with the word of God, he is from hell himself. Bottom line. But this is the world that we live in. This is the movies we watch. This is society that we see. This is why it's so rampant in the world. And don't get me wrong. It's not one-sided. I, I, I talk about the, the, the girls and the guys. But it's, it's the girls who... I've read these stories about young ladies that make the, their commitment to sleep with 100 guys before they're out of college. They're trying to fulfill something. They're trying to find satisfaction. People get married for all the wrong reasons. We have counseling that we do for people that are getting married. Now, we've had several people in our church, and I am so grateful for this. They come to our church and they say, Pastor, I can tell by your preaching that the Bible says that living in a marriage relationship without being married is wrong. Yeah, you got it. What do we do? And I find out they've been together for 12 years. I find out they got 15 kids. I find out they got all this stuff going on. I said, let's get married right now. I'll go help you buy the license. Let's get it done. But if they're not, if they've been dating for a long time or whatever, we'll go through eight weeks of marriage counseling. We do all this kind of stuff. And I've actually counseled people over the years and told them halfway through the counseling, I'm not going to marry you because I don't think you're, you're the picture that you need to be. I've had people leave the church. Folks, you can get married anywhere. You don't need my stamp on it. Is that okay? And so the world is looking for this loneliness to be fulfilled. There is a marriage that will fulfill it. And it's between you and Jesus. I said it's between you and Jesus. You see, it's not a you thing or a me thing. It's a no matter what thing. Every person on this earth is lonely. Every person on this earth outside of Christ is alone. We need to know that. Man was never meant to be alone. But simply a relationship will not satisfy. You will never have one without two. You will never have two without three. Your only fulfillment will come when Christ becomes part of you or Christ becomes part of you and your spouse. That's the only time the fulfillment will come together. Albert Einstein, one of the most famous men in all the world, he said, it's a strange thing to be known so universally yet to, universally and yet to feel so lonely. Eternity is in the heart. The very foundation and workmanship of God in the heart is the essence of man's character. It is eternity. And by setting eternity in the heart, he has set the thought of it, the desire of it, the passion to pursue it, and the longing to have it. And that's the only way that we will find the satisfaction that God has ordained. Heaven is not just a 
destination. Heaven is a place of fulfillment. Heaven is something God wants you to have right now in your life. Can somebody say amen? amen. Let me talk to you about it. I love animals. Did you know that animals will travel hundreds, even thousands of miles each year? It's like they have a homing beacon inside of them. It doesn't matter if it's a fish. It doesn't matter if it's a wildebeest, a whale, an elephant. They'll travel hundreds or thousands of miles just to get to a certain place that nobody knows how they find, but they know. It's like they have a navigational system built within them that is better than any man's latest technology. The shearwater is a bird that nests off the coast of Wales. Science has tagged and released these birds at different points around the globe and found that they got their way back home. Most of them usually in about 12 days. One bird in particular made its way all the way from Boston, traveling over 250 miles a day just to get home. Now let me add a very sentimental post to that. Some of you might have seen it on Facebook. I just saw it yesterday. And I was going through my notes and I thought, well, this would be a great thought to add. This man was called the Elephant Master over in Africa. How many saw it on Facebook? Anybody see it? Yeah, back here in the back. Diana, I think you posted it, didn't you? And I read this story and all of a sudden this man died. Nobody knew how they knew. But elephants from miles around all of a sudden showed up at this widow's door. Spent two and a half days, didn't eat, didn't drink, didn't do anything. Mourning the death of this man that many of them owed their lives to. How does this happen, folks? How does this happen? After two and a half days, one morning, they all just left. It was like they had this time of mourning. You think maybe God did something? Just to prove to this widow woman that her husband's life wasn't in vain? I don't know, folks. I don't, ha- I don't pretend to have all the answers. All I know is God placed something in your heart and mind that nothing in this world will ever fulfill, and we need to start becoming forward-thinking, heaven-looking, and get our eyes off the temporal and what we have right now, and then God will begin to bring satisfaction into our lives. In talking, about, in talking about the rapture and the end times that I did last year and a few weeks ago, I've had young people say, Pastor, my whole life's ahead of you. And I tell them, it's still ahead of you. It's called eternity. Amen. God placed a homing instinct inside of us. That loneliness, that emptiness, let me change the word homesickness for our real home. This is why nothing will fulfill it. Heaven is what we long for. This is why we deal so much with guilt. There's a lot of people that try to mask it and say, nah, I'm fine. I'm cool. I can get through this. I'll just get a drink. I'll just get a joint. 
I'll just get a relationship. I'll just do this. I'll just do that. The things we have done wrong and the fact that outside of Christ we are wrong is the two problems that cause guiltiness in our lives. A man in London, the head of the London Mental Health Institute, said, I could release half of my patients if I could only find a way to release their guilt. See, guilt in the present human soul, we cannot deal with without dealing with God. Once again, we try to fill these voids with everything else. With relationships, with alcohol, with drugs. With, we're trying to fill. Why? Because inside of us, we know we got a problem. Am I only talking to me or am I talking to everybody? We know we have an issue. But not until we choose to fill this life with Christ. And I'm not talking about just a passive come to church on Sunday morning feeling. I'm talking about a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week. Christ has to become the fulfillment of your life in every capacity or nothing you ever do will bring satisfaction. Let me bring this to a close this morning. People are afraid to die. Because they don't know about eternity. They know there is an eternity. Why? Because of that homing instinct God placed in us. They know there's something more. I don't care who you are. You might be the greatest atheist in Flagstaff. But you know there's something more to living and dying. To to living than dying. Death, one man said, is a shadow that hangs over life. It's God's evaluation of your life and mine. Though impossible to do so, we are constantly attempting to escape it. William Randolph Hearst forbade anybody to use the death, the word death in his presence. In contrast, King Philip of Macedon, the father of Alexander the Great, commissioned a service with one job and one job only, and that was every single day of his life, announced to him, remember, Philip, one day you will die. This man wanted to know mortality is real, and I need to never escape it. Look at me, ladies and gentlemen. Mortality is real. The Bible says in, in the book of Hebrews, it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this there's a judgment. But thank God that we don't have to worry about that second part. You see, You and I don't ever have to be intimidated by the facades that people hide behind and assume that they don't want to hear about if you're a man or a woman that has faith in Jesus Christ. There was a pastor who was called to see a dying man who was afraid to die, and as he visited the stranger, he talked to him about salvation through Christ and the things of the Spirit. And the man replied, listen to this, I have been too busy for these things. I have never had time. The pastor was telling the story, and in the conclusion, he said, the man had permitted 4,000 Sundays to go by, and never one give it to God. What an interesting testimony. You see, even the vilest person understands the Sunday has a primary reason. It's the Lord's day. Every person on this earth 
Billy Graham said, I have talked to doctors and nurses who have held the hands of dying people. And they say there's so much difference between the death of a Christian and the death of a non-Christian. So much difference, so much more, or so much so that it can be considered the difference between heaven and hell. But Romans 5.1 says these words. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. Remember that word faith? It means trust. It means commitment. It means dedication. It doesn't mean church. People think I have faith because they go to church. There's lots of unfaithful folks go to church. It means commitment. It means faith. It means trust. Because we are right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done. Because of that, we can boldly say, Oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Sin is the sting that, de- that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable, always abounding enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you ever do for the Lord is vain, is empty, is useless. Someday, Dwight L. Moody said, you'll read in the paper that D.L. Moody has died. And he said, don't you believe a word of it. I'll be more alive then than I've ever been in my entire life. We don't have to have an empty eternity anymore. We don't have to have an emptiness, rather, anymore. We don't have to allow guilt to torment us anymore. We don't have to fear death anymore. Remember the movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Carnicles of Narnia? We, most of us in this room probably saw the movie years ago. There was a scene in the movie where King Aslan was brutally killed by the White Witch leaving his body on a stone table. The witch goes out to war with his followers, and Lucy and Susan, who feel dejected, mourning the loss of the great king, begin to turn and walk away. The ground begins to shake. They hear the the sound of stones cracking. I wonder if that would much be like the temple in Jerusalem. When the temple curtain was torn from the top to the bottom, the ground began shaking. The stones began crumbling. I wonder if that was the picture C.S. Lewis was trying to imagine here. The girls turned around and they saw Aslan's body gone. I wonder if it could be that morning of mornings on a place called, called Calvary and a day, uh, the three days after in a place called the Garden Tomb where the stone was rolled away, the ground shook, and the Bible says that they looked in there and his body wasn't there any longer. I wonder if this could be what C.S. Lewis was talking about. They're looking around just like Mary when she came to the tomb. Where could he be? Peter and John, where could he be? And the angel said to Mary, why do you look for the living among the dead? See, the picture in Aslan's tomb was, they saw the knife. They saw the witch kill him. But then Aslan responded and said, but the witch didn't understand the true meaning of sacrifice. 
when a willing victim who has committed no wrong is killed in the place of a traitor, the stone table will crack and even death itself will be turned backwards. Look at me, ladies and gentlemen. We aren't guilty anymore because of what Jesus did at Calvary. We don't have to try to find fulfillment and satisfaction in our lives anymore because Jesus Christ has become our fulfillment and our satisfaction. Can you say amen? Romans chapter 4 verse 25 says, He he was handed over to die because of your sins, because of my sins, and he was raised to life that we might become right. With God. I just want you to look at me just for a moment today. You will never overcome guilt. Until you come over to the one. Who overcame guilt. You will never have. A lack of pain. And loneliness. And aloneness. Until you come to the one who in John 16 said, yeah, everybody's going to leave me and I'm going to be all alone. But I'm really not going to be alone because my father's never going any place. My father's still with me. You and I have to come to a place in our lives that we're so forward looking that the future becomes the present. That tomorrow becomes today. That then becomes now. Eternity in our minds, in our hearts, because we have heaven on our mind. Guilt will be relieved. Hearts will be fulfilled when that piece of the puzzle that's missing is filled by Jesus Christ in you. Can you say amen? Let's all bow our heads just for a moment this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Help us, Lord. God, to take our eyes. Could you just play some music in the background, Jeremy? God, that you could just help our eyes to see what we can't see. Our ears to hear what we can't hear. Our minds to know what we can't know. So many of us run all over the place looking for satisfaction, looking to fulfill Looking for all of these different things to satisfy. Yet in you and you alone do we find satisfaction. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me just ask you a simple question. You've been dealing with guilt. You've been dealing with loneliness, confusion, anxiety, frustration, fear, pains. I wonder if that's you. Just lift your hand up quickly. Put it right back down all over this building. Yes, hands going up everywhere. Let me encourage you this day. Let me encourage you this day. That you take your eyes off of what is and look at what yet will be as you trust Christ. 
take your eyes off of the thing that didn't happen and take your eyes to 2,000 years to go for the thing that did happen. Jesus stepped out of eternity in time for us. You want to get rid of guilt? Well, first thing, go and sin no more. If you're living in sin, guilt will never go away. Why? Because you're trying to satisfy those areas of your life with something that God never planned. But if you're not living in sin, then stop trying to look at something else. More hours on your job. More paycheck in your bank. More whatever. And start saying, Jesus, you said godliness with contentment is great gain. Lord, let me be content in what you did for me already. And stop looking at what somebody else is going to do. Amen? One quick question. Are you here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Maybe everything that I've talked about, you say you deal with all the time. But you didn't know there was an answer. You didn't know there was a way out. Well, there is. And his name is Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, quickly, I want if you lift your hand up high and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Quickly lift your hand up high. Before we release this service, lift your hand up and let's just rejoice together in Christ. Anyone at all, all over this building. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. The next few weeks I'll be talking about heaven. I pray that I'll be able to take you behind the veil and let you see a place that God has promised. A place that Abraham lived his entire life to see. A place that Moses lived his entire life. David lived his entire life. And they died without seeing heaven on earth in the way that we think we should see it. But they did see. And today they live. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your grace, your anointing. Thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' precious name and all of God's people said, one of the greatest things to do to overcome these things is to build relationships. And the Bible says if you want friends, show yourself friendly. Get to know somebody you don't know today before you leave. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. Yeah.